In today's Live Treasured podcast, having a coronation for unconditional consecration. Treasure Tribe family. I'm Eileen Thompson. I want to welcome you to the Live Treasured Podcast. As a fellow woman, I know that your time is very valuable and I'm honored that you would choose to share it with us. And with that, let me just dive right in to today's lesson by sharing with you a scene from the Netflix series called The Crown. If you are history buff like me, or you just like learning about the royal family, you've probably watched The Crown. The Crown is the Netflix series on the royal family. And in season one of episode two, there was one particular season that captivated my attention. Elizabeth is in her 20s. She's in a very young age when her father passes away, and she is next in line for the crown. And so the death of her father is also ushering her into a new season. And inside of uh, this one scene, Elizabeth's grandmother has written a letter to her uh, about this upcoming commitment and everything that this upcoming commitment would mean. She writes to Elizabeth, while you mourn your father, you must also mourn someone else, Elizabeth Mountbatten. Now, Mountbatten was her married last name, Prince Philip's last name, for she Elizabeth Mountbatten has now been replaced by another person, Elizabeth Regina. Regina is the Latin word for queen. Okay, so she was saying, you've got to mourn who you were for who you are now becoming your new identity, which is the queen. The two Elizabeths will frequently be in conflict with each other. The fact is the crown must win. The crown must always when. And when I saw that, I was so struck, not only with that scene, but the way that the crown directed Elizabeth's decisions, that she put the crown before her family many times, certainly before her feelings. And to me, that exchange, that letter that she wrote to Elizabeth is another beautiful picture of what it means inside of the Christian life to die to self. The first thing is, is that we get a brand new identity, right? We are in Christ, that our lives are not our own, that they are to be surrendered to God. I love that. And I love how she says, you for she has now been replaced by another person, Elizabeth the Queen. Well, the truth about it is, is that you and I are also queens, royalty in God's kingdom, which is a kingdom that has far greater eternal significance 
than the British monarchy empire or any other monarchy empire or government for that matter. First Peter 2.9 says this, For you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession, and as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. You are crowned also. Now, we are not serving a country. We are serving God's kingdom. We now have a new identity. And then it says this, the two Elizabeths will frequently be in conflict with each other. Now, we talked about this in episode two of this series, how the Bible tells us in Galatians 5 and in Romans 8 that the flesh and the spirit are going to fight with each other. So just because we have the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that our flesh won't want to rule, that our old selves won't want to rule. So they're going to be in conflict with each other. But then it says, the fact is the crown must win. The crown must always win. And so basically, what the grandmother was doing was essentially communicating to Elizabeth, here is the cost of your calling. You are no longer who you were. You have a new identity now. And the crown must reign. It must reign over your feelings. It must reign over um, any other person. It must reign over all things in, in your life. This is your new identity. And this is the cost. It will cost you sometimes. It will cost who you used to be for who you are now. It will cost you, you know, telling your family no so that you can say yes to the crown. It will cost you having to say no to your feelings. It will cost you. There is cost involved with the crown. Now, what I love about this is that this was an example of what the Bible talks about, I think, of counting the cost. And because Elizabeth had counted the cost before, she was told about the cost before, she wasn't surprised when the cost happened. And not that it wasn't hard, I'm sure, but that she made the decision, I'm sure not perfect every time, but she has lived a life, I would think most people would say, in service to her country. And um, I don't know the particulars really about everything about her role. But anyway, my point being is that before Elizabeth was crowned king, she was not told, oh, you're going to get to wear all these great clothes and there's going to be all these great benefits and you're going to live in Buckingham Palace. She was taught that there was cost. And so it is with us. I believe, too, that just like Queen Elizabeth, that you and I are called to reign, to reign inside of God's kingdom by serving the Lord. And that will mean dying to self, and it will mean cost. And if we make 
that predetermined count. If we consider it, if we know that it's going to happen, if we know that there will be wrestling, then when the wrestling happens, we will be ready to make that decision. And I believe that's one of the biggest reasons why in Luke 14, starting with verse 28, that Jesus told us to count the cost. It says this, but don't begin, he's talking about following him, until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Now, Elizabeth's um, uncle actually gave up the crown and he gave up the crown because he fell in love with somebody that wasn't in royalty, who was a divorcee. And that was a no-no back then. And so he gave up the crown. And there's a lot of biographies that say that he was really into the benefits, but not so much the cost. And for me, I think that inside of my own walk, with the Lord. I'm more apt to be drawn to the benefits other than the cost. But the problem with that is this, is that, you know, our salvation does not secure a life free from suffering. My salvation does not mean that I'm never going to lose in this life. But oftentimes, if I'm just paying attention to what I'm going to get from God rather than what he's going to ask me to let go of, then I'm not counting the cost. And then when tragedy hits and loss hits, the enemy can use that as a platform to produce shame in my life. In other words, if A you know, we're taught if I do this and I do that, then I'm going to be blessed. And certainly there is blessing in living for the Lord. But don't forget to count the cost. Sometimes you and I will have to make decisions that don't please everybody, that disappoint other people. And if we just want benefit and not cost, how can the Lord win, right? Inside of that decision. But if we have what I'm calling, you may think this is kind of silly, our own coronation, where we say unconditional consecration, right? Like, I get this, that my flesh is going to fight with my spirit, but I'm going to let the crown win. If we make that predetermined decision, then when the cost comes, not that it's not going to be hard, not that we might not fail to our flesh, but we will be prepared. We will be prepared. You know, it's interesting that Jesus says, talks about the construction of a building because my husband builds houses for a living. And, you know, the, the prices have gone through the roof for materials. Thank you, COVID. 
And so right now, he's very particular about counting the cost because it's important for him to be able to know that he has enough to to build the house. And if we are only counting the benefits from the Lord, but not looking at the fact that the Bible is clear, that our life with the Lord does not mean a life free from suffering. If we don't count the cost, when cost prevents, when cost presents itself, we might not have courage to walk through the door. We might not have courage to put ourselves all out there. But if we make that decision beforehand, you know, sort of like when you get married, right? For better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, then there will always already be a predetermined decision that you're in this with God for the long haul. You know, another Elizabeth that I love is Elizabeth Elliot. And I've really gleaned a lot from her teachings. There's a great organization that was started recently called the Elizabeth Elliot Foundation. And they make sure that Elizabeth's teachings are put up on YouTube, um, even though Elizabeth has passed away. And really, it's a treasure trove. And I would just encourage you to kind of look that up. But I was on the Elizabeth Elliott Foundation YouTube channel. I'm a big YouTuber. And I was listening to Elizabeth Elliott talk. And and somebody asked her, what was one of the most defining decisions in your life? And Elizabeth um, talked about her decision to receive the Lord as Savior. But then she also talked about a time in her life where she really put everything all out there on the table. And I mean, I don't think she used those exact words, but really where she, you know, gave everything, just said, God, you can have it all. I'm following you no matter the cost. And it happened because uh, her family uh, hosted a missionary. The missionary's name was Betty Scott Stam, and Elizabeth was so inspired through her story and how she lived for the Lord. That's a great missionary story. You can look that up. But she was so impressed by it that at a very young age, she took a prayer that uh, Betty Scott Stam wrote, and she pinned it inside of her Bible. And I'm going to read that prayer to you. Lord, I give up my own plans and purposes, all my own desires and hopes, and accept thy will for my life. I give myself, my time, my utterly to thee to be thine forever. Fill me and seal me with thy Holy Spirit. Use me as thou wilt. Send me where thou wilt. Work out thy whole will in my life at any cost now and forever. And Elizabeth penned that in her Bible. And if you are familiar with her story, you know that she experienced great loss. That when she was in her 20s, in 1950, she and her husband were missionaries in Ecuador. Her husband was killed um, by Indians uh, when he was trying to um, 
communicate the gospel to them. The, the Indians savagely killed him and four of their missionaries. And Elizabeth said in that YouTube video when I was listening to her, that because she had already decided that she was following God at any cost, that while the death was painful and while she walked through loss and all of those things and while she mourned, she never lost her trust in God. And because of that, Betty continued to follow God and she even went back to those very Indian savages that killed her husband and was instrumental in showing them um, about the love of God and about his grace. And those Indians uh, are following the Lord today. And what's the point about this is that Elizabeth was ready for the cost. She wasn't caught off guard by the cost, even though I'm sure it was probably disappointing and all that, because she had counted it. And I think I'm a little more like Peter in the Bible in Mark chapter 8, you know, when Jesus comes to him and he says, you know, uh, who do you say I am? And Peter comes back to him and he says, you're, you know, the Christ, the, the Messiah, the, you know, who do you say I am? And, and so Peter comes back and he states his faith. And then in the very next scene, after Peter makes this declaration of faith, Jesus says, you know what, the son of man is going to suffer. And it says that Peter rebukes Jesus. And it's like, no way, you know? And I think for Peter, a lot of the disciples, right? Like they wanted Jesus to be the king now. They wanted him to take away the cost, the pain, the loss. And you know what? There's nothing, there's nothing like wrong or shameful with that. Of course, of course we want that. But if we are seeking the Lord, And our expectation in that is a life that is never without suffering or sorrow. We will not have enough in us to trust. And I know this because this is what happened to me when I walked through a traumatic season of loss I really wrestled with my faith. You might be wrestling with your faith today. And you know what? That's okay. It's good for you to go to the Lord and inside of those times and to wrestle with him. Some of my uh, deepest um, quiet times were, were during that time. But when you look inside of those people who truly lived for the Lord, it was never without cost. And when we have our own coronation, right? When we say, you know what? I'm going to be queen no matter what. I'm going to keep my crown on. You know, I'm going to remain steadfast and confident in my calling no matter what the cost. I'm going to trust God even when I don't understand I'm going to embrace the life that he's given me. You know what? 
there's a certain freedom that comes with that. So many of us, myself included, were bent on trying to control people and things around us. And God calls us, he bids us to come and die so that we may truly live. So in closing today, I want to invite you to get your crown on, to have your own coronation. And maybe it is that like Elizabeth Elliot, you want to pin that prayer from Betty Scott Stam in your Bible. Well, if you do, in this podcast description, we provided a link where you can download that printable prayer from Betty Scott Stam and stick it in your Bible. That's certainly what I did. And I would highly, highly recommend any teaching from the Elizabeth Elliot Foundation. It will truly challenge you to live deeper with God. And we know that dying to self, because Jesus tells us, it is the doorway to real life. And courage to walk through it comes when we prize God's presence and partner with the Holy Spirit to turn our self-preservation into unconditional consecration. Hey, thanks so much. This series has been a joy to do. I've learned so much. And hey, if there is a podcast topic that you would like me to cover, I'd love to hear from you. I always love hearing from people. So please send me an email. My email address is Eileen, A-L-I-E-N-E, at treasuredministries.com. Have a beautiful rest of your day, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.